loss. They suffer a loss. They're not successful. They're not released from prison. They're not those who are successful always and wealthy. Sometimes they are the, also the poor and oppressed. Is that the type of savior that this world's looking for? No. But God comes despite the rejection of this world and he comes in grace. God's plan revealed as he endures rejection. This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. January 23rd, 2022. Luke 4, verses 14 to 21. Sometimes we might not realize the popularity of something until it's brought to our attention. You know, that's the way it was with the place nearby here called Horseshoe Bend. Near the Grand Canyon, it was a a tourist destination, a couple thousand visitors a year maybe. And then somebody spread the word by posting an Instagram photo and another person and another. And soon millions of people decided they all needed to see it for themselves in person. I imagine some were impressed. It's, it's quite a sight, I'm sure, but others maybe thought it's not worth all the hype. That's kind of what we see with the word. But today, as we continue our series on God revealing His plan, we see how God graciously reveals His Word, despite rejection, and He endures rejection. This is part of God's plan revealed through Christ, that He will make Himself known even to those who reject Him, to those who reject Him in this world, to those who reject Him among His own people that He's called, and even the times that we have rejected Him. We look at Luke chapter 4, and there we see Jesus is going to Nazareth, the place where he had been brought up. He's uh, very familiar with the town, but the town is very familiar with him. And Jesus now has, as Luke indicated, become very popular. The, The Instagram photo had gone out. Everyone was hearing about all the wonderful words and works of Jesus as he traveled around the region in Capernaum. So you can imagine when Jesus came now to his hometown, they were excited to hear what he had to say. So, as was now his custom, Jesus gathered for worship on the synagogue on the Sabbath day. We note here that God desires his people gather for worship. He's designed it that way. His son did it. We too should be gathering for worship and listening to the word of God on a regular basis. Here Jesus was the one selected to be the the preacher, as was now the custom, And after the first reading, probably from the books of Moses, came the second reading from the prophets. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Jesus. Jesus opened up the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As Jesus read that, you can imagine how people felt about those words. It was talking about the Messiah. He was reading a prophecy of the the anointed one, as we looked earlier, the Christ. And the Christ was anointed not just to make people feel better, not to just bring them out of the prison of this world, but to preach good news to the poor in spirit. Yes, it could include the physically poor, as many people try to limit this text, but it includes those who are poor in their eyes before God. And he says, 
The Messiah came to proclaim freedom to the captives. Not just those who are politically oppressed. No, this is a bigger picture. If Jesus came to free the politically oppressed and the poor, he failed miserably. In fact, Jerusalem was demolished and destroyed in the year 70 AD. No, Jesus, the Messiah, came to proclaim freedom from captivity to sin, freedom from the weight and the burden of death as we are held prisoners in fear of it, and recovery of sight to the blind. Yes, the Messiah, Jesus, would open the eyes of the blind, but he would also bring those who need to see the Word of God to understand the truths of the good news, the coming Messiah, to set free those who are oppressed. We are slaves to sin, bound under the sway of the ruler of the prince of this world, the devil. The Messiah, according to this prophecy from Isaiah, came to set people free from that and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Ancient Israel had this description of a, a year, as it's often called, the year of Jubilee, in which they were to let the land rest and they were to celebrate forgiveness of debt and people to, were to be released from their bondage to their debt. Well, if the Messiah came to do this, the debt is not just a temporary lift from our mortgage or from our employer. No, the, the debt he came is the Lord's favor, a release from the debt that we owe him, the debt of sin. So Jesus read these words as he was sitting in the synagogue. And after he read these words about the Messiah, the anointed of the Lord, you can imagine how all the people in Nazareth, his hometown, were feeling. We've heard so many things about what you've been doing, Jesus. Come to our synagogue. He's finally at his hometown. This is the home game of the famous preacher, teacher, healer. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. You know, it's great when people are excited about God's word like, like they were here. Sometimes a preacher might see someone falling asleep or maybe we might find ourselves dozing off as we're listening to the word of God. But not this time. Everybody, can you picture it, sitting in that synagogue wondering, what's he going to tell us? Jesus began and said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All these wonderful prophecies about the Messiah and God's coming kingdom, they're fulfilled today in your hearing. You can imagine the people were eagerly waiting for what he would explain. How, Jesus, how are you going to say that the poor and the captives and the oppressed are being set free? Maybe even you can imagine some of them wondering already at this point, didn't this man as it seems apparent. Didn't this man lose his father, Joseph, who died? But it says, they spoke well of him and were impressed by the words of grace that came from his mouth. And they kept saying, isn't this Joseph's son? Here we begin to see the people were impressed with the word of Christ, but not with the person of Christ. Isn't that often the case? Someone will be hearing the word of God, but the, the lowly form that the word comes to us can sometimes cause us to stumble. Here it was the word in the flesh, 
speaking to the people. Jesus responded, Certainly you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown everything we heard you did in Capernaum. Remember he had done miracles there. He said, Amen, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Truly, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut for three years and six months, while a great famine came over all the land. Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath and Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was healed except Naaman the Syrian. You get what Jesus is saying here? There are a lot of people that need God's word in Israel, and were a lot of people that need God's word in ancient Israel. But God didn't send Elijah or Elisha to them. God sent them to foreigners. That's because the people of Israel, though they had the word of God, though they had the, the prophets as great as Elijah and Elisha performing miracles and wonders, they rejected the word of God. And so God is free to send his word when it's rejected to someone else. And in this case, outside of Israel, two foreigners, a foreign woman and a, a foreign military officer. Now, you can imagine how Jesus' hearers were. At first, excited and eager to hear what, what their hometown hero might have to say. And then when they realize he's just an, still the ordinary Jesus, can't you prove yourself, Jesus? The proverb, physician, heal yourself, is basically saying, prove it. Doctor, if you're such a great practitioner of medicine, make yourself healthy. Jesus, if, if you're such a, a great Messiah, teacher, rabbi, that you claim to be, why can't you do something great for us and prove it? At this, all those who were in the synagogue were filled with rage when they heard these things. This is not the normal thing you would see happening in an ancient Israelite synagogue or church. Them hearing the word of God and then hearing the promises of God proclaimed and then getting angry at the promises of God proclaimed and the good news. They were filled with rage. The, the Greek word describes how they're just burning with anger. In fact, so much it caused them to create a mob. They got up and drove him out of the town. And Nazareth apparently is built on the, the side of a, a hill that reaches several hundred feet down. They led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. That's the type of rejection that they had towards Jesus. What about you? Maybe you're saying, well, I would never throw Jesus off a cliff. But he comes to you in, in lowliness with his promises and his word. Do you get excited about his word? Yes, we, we see people getting excited about his word in anger or in joy. But do you respond to his word with indifference? Or maybe take that, that Bible and throw it off to the side? Should it surprise us that the human nature's response to the word of God is rejection? Not a rejection that makes sense. Jesus performed miracles. Elijah and the prophets performed miracles. We know the miracles recorded in Scripture of the Son of God who rose again from the grave. But with indifference or apathy, we toss that word aside. 
And we're surprised when we see the world around us does the same as they respond even in anger. And they fight against Jesus and fight against his word. But the amazing part of this story is Jesus went to Nazareth. Jesus knew he would be rejected in his hometown. Can you picture even as we see in John's gospel, Jesus' brother James and John and others in his own family who rejected him, sitting there in the synagogue as this riot of a crowd started to rush him off the side of a cliff. All of those who were in the synagogue were filled with rage. Did that include Jesus' siblings, his family, his relatives? Very likely. And for what? The rejection of the Word of God. Because it came to them. And it came in such lowliness. God's Word comes to us in lowliness. It comes to us as we sit there in the, the pew and we listen to a preacher. Are you sometimes hearing the message, the sermon that the preacher's giving? He's talking about the good news of forgiveness and pretty soon you find yourself in the narthex of the church entryway and the sermon just dies and it falls flat. You don't take it to heart. Or you open up the scriptures at home. You read it. A few minutes later, it means nothing. You haven't taken it to heart. Meditate on it. Or turn in repentance and in faith to respond, not in anger or indifference, but in joy. Or what about the world around you? When it sees the, the local church on the corner, and they look so ordinary, they suffer sickness, they're, they're going through the same pandemic, they suffer illness, they suffer loss, they're not successful, they're not released from prison, they're not those who are successful always and wealthy, sometimes they are the, also the poor and oppressed. Is that the type of savior that this world's looking for? No. But God comes, despite the rejection of this world, and he comes in grace. God's plan revealed is he endures rejection. Luke finishes, he passed through the middle of them and went on his way. Kind of ironic, right? You want a miracle? You want me to prove who I am? Just try and kill me. Jesus walked right through them. That's because Jesus came to bring good news. His primary purpose and goal was to bring release from prison, to deliver this world from the bondage of sin, and to proclaim the Lord's favor. And he would not be finished until he had finished what the Spirit had anointed him to do, to be our Savior. He wouldn't just walk through that crowd. He would walk all the way to the trial at Jerusalem, where he would be condemned for giving the same message that he is the world Savior, the Son of God. They would put him on trial and he would face rejection not just by his hometown, but rejection by the, the crowds as they shouted, crucify him. Rejection by the spiritual leaders of Israel who said he is worthy of death. Rejection by the soldiers and the governor who spat on him and basically left him for a criminal to die. But that was God's plan. You see, that the year of the Lord's favor was to begin on the great day of atonement, when God would cover the sins of the people, a symbolic sacrifice that pointed forward to the Christ, the anointed one, the Christ Jesus came to endure this rejection, even to be disowned by the Father in our place, 
and to be the most rejected man in all of history so that he could suffer and die. And just as he passed through that crowd on the edge of the cliff on Nazareth, he would pass out of the grave and back to life, risen again. And he would say to those who fear death, say to those who struggle under the weight of sin, you are forgiven. You will be released from the bondage of sin and from the bondage of the tomb and you will have the Lord's favor and the Lord will bring deliverance and the year of the Lord's favor is a freedom of forgiveness and release from your debt sins paid for we see God's gracious plan revealed it's a plan made known through his son who faced that rejection for us Jesus went down to Capernaum and was teaching there also the people were amazed and he showed his power. Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One, faced rejection for us. When you find the word comes to you today, so lowly, the word incarnate once given his life for us now comes in the word and in the sacrament with the bread and the wine, his body and blood. He comes proclaiming to you forgiveness of sins. He comes proclaiming the Lord's favor the world might reject it, but by God's grace, his plan is that you receive it. And despite the times that you may be rejected or put aside or tossed aside his word, he still comes in grace. You know, I like to think that later on, there were people in Nazareth who heard about what Jesus did, how he not only passed through their hands, but he passed through the grave and how he proclaimed God's favor of forgiveness. We know at least Jesus' family came to believe. Maybe there were others in Nazareth who heard what Jesus had done and thought, what had we almost done as we tried to throw him off the cliff? And what has God done now through his son, his gracious, wonderful plan that he endures rejection so that we might be set free and accepted by our God? <laughs>